appendix two part two of struggles and triumphs or forty years recollections of p t barnum written by himself this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Struggles and Triumphs of P.T. Barnum, Appendix 2, Part 2, written up to February 1873. And now in this routine of events for 1872, I record one important project with mingled feelings of pleasure and pain in august i purchased of mr l b lent the building and lease in fourteenth street new york known as the hippotheatron one purpose was to open a museum menagerie and hippodrome that would give employment to two hundred of my people who would otherwise be idle during the winter another and main object was to take the inaugural steps toward the foundation of a permanent establishment where the higher order of arnic entertainments could be witnessed under all the advantages of a thoroughly equipped refined and moral dramatic entertainment my project combined not only a circus but a museum of the world's wonders and a menagerie that could equal in extent and variety the great zoological collection of london i realized the importance of an establishment in new york where old and young could seek innocent amusement and where christian parents could take their children and feel that the exhibition contributed not only to their enjoyment but to their instruction the press generally had kindly acknowledged the success of my efforts in bringing the modern arena up to its proper standard among the fashionable amusements of the day by divesting the ring of all objectionable features and securing the highest talent of both hemispheres my circus had become popularized among the better classes for whose good opinion it had ever been my fortune to cater at an expense of sixty thousand dollars i enlarged and remodeled the building so as to admit my valuable collection of animals museum of life-size automatons and living curiosities the entire edifice was so thoroughly built over as to leave but little to remind the visitor of its original structure the amphitheatre had a seating capacity of twenty eight hundred it consisted of a parquet and balcony each completely encircling the ring and the former luxuriously fitted up with cushioned armchairs and sofa seats the grand opening took place monday evening november eighteenth in theatrical parlance the house was crowded from pit to dome the leading citizens of the metropolis were present many of whom on that occasion patronized an equestrian entertainment for the first time viewed from the centre of the ring 
the vast amphitheatre presented a scene of bewildering beauty the dazzling lights the delightful music of the orchestra the gorgeous surroundings and the brilliant audience filled the numerous circles of seats which rose one above another to the most remote outskirts of the building all formed a picture so unlike anything ever before seen in new york as to bring out detailed and eucalyptic editorials from the press of the following morning being recognized among the audience i was called into the ring when i briefly thanked my friends for their generous appreciation from this date the establishment was open daily from eleven a m to ten p m with hippodrome performances afternoon and evening on december sixteenth four weeks after the inauguration of the new fourteenth street building i started for new orleans to visit my southern show i found the crescent city luxuriating in its usual winter rains and paddling through its regular rations of mud and slush happy in its very dreariness the contentment of the native population of new orleans reaches the sublime the average citizen accepts rain and its kindred elements as special attractions indigenous to that climate and unless the levee breaks and the turbulent mississippi overflows the city they see no occasion to murmur during the brief intervals of sunshine i rode through the principal streets met several old acquaintances and renewed friendships formed many years ago changes i found it is true but they are changes resulting from nature rather than from human hands the ravages of time and natural decay seem to offset all the thrift of which new orleans can boast no northerner no matter how frequent he visits fulfills his destiny until he drives to the suburbs and plucks his fill of oranges upon the occasion of my visit political dissensions monopolized public attention what with the continual skirmishing between the municipal state and general governments the city was in a most disagreeable turmoil and one retired at night quite uncertain as to what administration would be in power in the morning once i had occasion to inquire for the governor's address and my companion innocently asked which one compared to the civic and military imbroglio in new orleans in december the political situation of mexico was one of placid serenity it was while quietly seated at the breakfast table at the st louis hotel in the crescent city on tuesday december twenty fourth that the waiter handed me a telegram i had been reading in the morning papers of the flooding of my showgrounds on canal street and of the change of location my manager had been forced to make these annoyances had prepared me when i read the dispatch to fully appreciate longfellow's words so disasters come not singly it was as follows 
new york december twenty fourth to p t barnum new orleans about four a m fire discovered in the boiler room of circus building everything destroyed except two elephants one camel s h hurd treasurer calling for pen ink and paper i then and there cabled my european agents to send duplicates of all animals lost with positive instructions to have everything shipped in season to reach new york by the middle of march they were further directed to procure at any cost specimens never seen in america and through sub-agents to purchase and forward curiosities animate and inanimate from all parts of the globe cable dispatches were also sent to the celebrated inventors and manufacturers of automons in paris to lose no time in making and purchasing everything new and wonderful in the way of mechanical effects this feature of my great exhibition had proved so attractive that i determined at once not only to duplicate it but to enlarge this department to double its original size i then dispatched the following to my son-in-law new orleans december twenty fourth to s h hurd new york tell editors i have cabled european agents to expend half million dollars for extra attractions will have new and more attractive travelling show than ever early in april p t barnum these details attended to i could see no further occasion for delaying breakfast and taking a calm view of the situation the total destruction of this beautiful building and its valuable contents was an item of news for which i was ill prepared and the extent of which calamity i could scarcely comprehend i could realize in a measure of vast conflagration with its excitement and contingent incidents but i could not think without a shudder of the terrible sufferings of one hundred wild beasts in their frantic howling efforts to escape the flames for a moment i was disposed to censure my agents and employees for permitting such a wholesale destruction of these poor animals then i remembered the reliable men i employed and could not but feel assured that everything in their power had been done the four beautiful giraffes the only ones in the united states and which alone cost eighty thousand dollars were lost in the general sacrifice i learned afterwards that every effort was made to rescue them but the poor innocent pets were utterly paralyzed with fear and could not be made to move even after the lattice enclosure had been torn away had they escaped the burning building the terrible cold night would doubtless have killed them before they could have been sheltered from the weather no pecuniary compensation could satisfy me for the loss of these and many other rare animals returning to new york i learned that my loss on building and property amounted to the neighborhood of three hundred thousand dollars 
to meet this i held insurance policies to the amount of ninety thousand dollars my equestrian company in which i took great pride and which i had hoped to give employment during the winter was of course left idle until the opening of the summer season the members lost their entire wardrobe a loss of which can only be appreciated by professionals i was pleased to see a disposition manifested to render them some assistance and encouraged it so far as lay in my power a benefit was arranged under the auspices of the equestrian benevolent association of the united states the order has for its object the relief of unfortunate members and as in the present case its broad mantle of charity includes worthy professionals not members of the association the affair came off at the academy of music tuesday january seventh eighteen seventy three afternoon and evening many stars in the equestrian dramatic and musical firmament volunteered for the occasion and the two entertainments were largely attended being called upon to define my position i stepped upon the stage and made a few off-hand remarks which were reported in the morning papers as follows ladies and gentlemen i have catered for so many years for the amusement of the public the beneficiaries on this occasion seem to have thought that the showman himself ought to be part of the show and at their request i come before you i sincerely thank you in their behalf for your patronage on this occasion how much they need your substantial sympathy the ashes across the street can tell you more eloquently than human tongue could utter these ashes are the remnants of the all the worldly goods of some who appeal to you to-day for myself i have been burned out so often i am like the singer who was hissed on the stage hiss away said he i am used to it my pecuniary loss is very serious and occurring as it did just before the holidays it is all the more disastrous it may perhaps gratify my friends to know however that i am still enabled to invest another half million dollars without disturbing my bank account the public will have amusements and they ought to be those of elevating and an objectionable character for many years it has been my pleasure to provide a class of instructive and amusing entertainments to which a refined christian mother can take her children with satisfaction i believe that no other man in america possesses the desires and facilities which i have in this direction i have therefore taken steps through all my agents in europe and this country which will enable me to put upon the road early in april the most gigantic and complete travelling museum menagerie and hippodrome ever organized it has been asked whether i will build up a large museum and menagerie in new york 
well i am now nearly sixty-three years of age i can buy plenty of building sites and get plenty of leased lots for a new museum but i cannot get a new lease of life younger members of my family desire me to erect in this city an establishment worthy of new york and of myself it will be no small undertaking for if i erect such an establishment it will possess novel and costly features never before attempted i have it under consideration and within a month shall determine whether or not i shall make another attempt of one thing however you may be assured ladies and gentlemen although conflagrations may for the present disconcert my plans yet while i have life and health no fire can burn no water quench my ambition to gratify my patrons at whatever cost of money or of effort i shall never lend my name where my labors and heart do not go with it and the public shall never fail to find at any of my exhibitions their money's worth ten times told the following paragraph from the new york tribune of january sixteenth eighteen seventy three will give an inkling of what i am about as i send these last pages to press barnum and the automaton talker mr phineas t barnum the genial showman contributes a good deal to our amusement and all new yorkers have a kindly side for him here is the philadelphia press's account of his latest achievement early yesterday morning professor faber received a call at the gerard house from a renowned showman p t barnum who is now on a visit to philadelphia in pursuit of wonders for his great travelling show within two hours professor faber had given notice to the emperor of austria of his forfeiture of two hundred pounds for not exhibiting his talking machine at the vienna exposition next summer and a contract was signed by mr barnum agreeing to pay twenty thousand dollars for the services of mr and mrs faber and their wonderful ottoman talker during the tenting season of eighteen seventy three no more marvellous exhibition was ever seen in a travelling tent it is the most wonderful achievement of ingenuity that this age of new invention has yet witnessed although it looks no more like a talking machine than an old-fashioned weaver's loom or a modern sewing machine it converses plainly and distinctly in all languages giving every intonation of the human voice to extraordinary perfection mr barnum says that ten million of visitors will hear this wonderful wooden conversationalist during the coming summer it is amusing to witness the difference in men's dispositions i arrived in new york from new orleans on the night before new year's just a week after the fire i found my manager mr coop and my son-in-law mr hurd in rather low spirits i laughed at them and called them my decons 
but beg them not to go into mourning it is astonishing how you can laugh when you know our museum building and all of our rare animals are burnt up and we cannot get more in time for the spring show drawled the lubrious coop in an injured tone if the fire had waited ten days till the holidays were over we should have been fifty thousand dollars better off chimed in the chopfallen herd if the skies had fallen we should have caught larks i replied but as the skies did not fall let us be content with what is still left us as for you coop i continued you talk about what we cannot do now have i not told you often enough the word can't is not in my dictionary but you can't help the fire can you retorted coop i shall not try but i can restore all it has destroyed and much more i replied and i will do it within three months at furthest that is easier said than done responded coop with a sigh surely father you don't think we can get a new show upon the road before july do you asked mr hurd i repeat that i see nothing to prevent our exhibiting the largest and best show on this earth three months from to-day i replied all that is required are energy pluck courage and a liberal outlay of money all our golden chariots and cages our horses harnesses canvas tents and wagons are saved besides which we have thirty new cages nearly finished telegraphs atlantic cables and our agents abroad can supply us all the curiosities and animals we want before the last of march next if we will supply them with money enough but my advisers thought i was too sanguine and they said as much coop even proposed to lie still a year and start our show again in eighteen seventy four but i replied that my years were too few and too precious to be wasted in that way and although i would never put a show upon the road that did not exceed in magnitude and merit that which we had lost i felt every confidence in accomplishing this before april if we would all work hard strange enough before we parted on the evening of december thirty first i received a cable message from my trusty agent robert fillingham of london saying he had purchased for me a pair of giraffes or camel leopards and a full supply of lions tigers and other animals he added all the governmental zoological gardens here and on the continent sympathize with you and are ready to dispose of any animals you wish the mechanicisms of paris and geneva are at work on automatons and other attractions for your travelling museum don't let that electricity beat the world exclaimed mr coop with great delight just put a little of it into your blood i replied and we will beat the world 
the spirits of my associates were thoroughly revived and at this present writing on the twentieth day of february i have already received more rare wild animals and other curiosities than i ever had before at one time with promise of many more within a month and mrs hurd and coop are in high feather mr barnum said coop this morning this new show of ours got up in so short a time is the miracle of the age well my dear fellow i replied the public like miracles keep performing them and you are sure of success you can never do so much for the public but they will do more for you in return give them the best show possible at whatever cost keep it free from objectionable features and never fear your efforts will surely be appreciated and you will receive a generous support remember excelsior is our motto these are the feelings which inspire us as we energetically prepare for our third campaign and although i see plenty of hard work ahead i also see bright skies smiling faces and assured success Fini. in concluding this brief resume of the last year's events i would seem ungrateful did i fail to acknowledge my heartfelt thankfulness to the public and the press for the generous and unqualified expressions of sympathy on account of the great calamity of december twenty fourth editors throughout the united states and europe have written of this conflagration and of those which preceded it and have attributed to me a degree of perseverance i fear beyond my deserts if the fiery ordeal has had any visible effect it has been to increase my desire to identify my name with a class of entertainment at once moral amusing and instructive colossal as was the great travelling world's fair of eighteen seventy two that of eighteen seventy three will surpass it with full confidence in just discrimination will recognizes and rewards true merit i remain as ever the public's obedient servant p t b february eighteen seventy three end of appendix two part two recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c end of struggles and triumphs or forty years recollections of p t barnum written by himself